Hello and welcome back to God's Pathway to Life for You. Today we're going to talk about the rest of John chapter 15. We're going to talk about John 15. I'm going to read it through and then we'll do a little talking afterwards. Okay, so let's get this going. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he pruneth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are cleansed through the words which I have spoken to you. I abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear for fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you, abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. He that abide in me, I in him. The same bring forth much fruit. For without me you cannot do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you your will, and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciple. As my Father loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I keep my faith, command, my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be this is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lie down his life for his friend. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Hereafter I call you not my servant, for the servant knows not what the Lord does. But I call you friend, for all things I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give, in, give to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I say to you, the servant is not greater than the, his Lord. If, you have persecute, if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep your sayings. But all these things will they do to you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they had not known had known sin. But now they have no covering for their sin. He that hates me hates my father. Also, 
If I had not done among them the works which no other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this comes to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in, the, in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send from the Father, even to the Spirit of truth, was proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Okay, <clears throat> well, I made it through that without messing that up too bad. Okay, so like at the beginning, he's talking about the vine, the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. And the, every branch that in me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that bears fruit, he pruneth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Okay, so we're going to have to talk about what is fruit. What, what, what is he talking about here? Well, every branch in me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. That, that would be some professing Christians that are not really Christians. They don't live in a Christian life or have a Christian life. They just say they're Christians and, and, and try to do Christian things, but it's not really in their heart. And so there's a, a part in the Bible where it talks about people standing before Jesus and uh, saying, Lord, Lord, uh, uh, let, me in, let, let me in heaven or something. And uh, Jesus says to go away from me because I don't know you. Because those are uh, professing people that are professing Christians but don't really know who Jesus is. They think they know who Jesus is because they made and manufactured a Jesus that they can, they can live with. A Jesus that looked at their, their bad life and said, well, you know, that's okay. It's, it's going to be fine. Just, just uh, go on down the road and you're going to be okay. But you got to remember that Jesus is pure holiness. I mean, pure, pure holiness, just like God. God is, Jesus is God in the flesh, and pure holiness. I mean, he can't be around sin. So, you know, that's, that's what he's talking about. Those people who, who don't produce any fruit, you're going to wither up, dry away, drop off, and then you're, you're going to end up dying. But for the Christians, you know, the ones that believe in Jesus and his, and his work, we got we got an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ, and so we're saved. We're saved by the power of, the, of His blood. And for us, things are different. For you Christians out there that are listening, or backsliding Christians, you know, it's it's time to get off the bench. You know, it's time to get into this game. We're running out of time right now, people. What what we're seeing in today's society about the the racial the the race uh, agenda that's being put out there. That, that's just the covering. There's something below that agenda. What it is, I don't know. But I know that that's, that's what the Lord put on my heart. That there's, there's two things. We're only seeing our surface of something. But there's something beneath that that is hidden. And there's another agenda at play. They're using as a covering. So you have to, be, uh, you have to watch out for that. We're, we're, we're at a precipice in our country. Our country is going to go either one or two ways. And this election that's coming up is going to be a defining factor for that. 
he's talking about the fruit. Every branch that beareth forth fruit, he pruneth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Well, what is the fruit of a Christian? A fruit of a Christian is other Christians. It's, it's Christians sharing the word of God with somebody, you know, a, a lost person, you know, and, and they get, they hear the word, they hear the, the good news, the death, resurrection, and uh, eternal life of Jesus Christ, and, and they buy into that, they take that, and they go with it, and they put it in their heart, and they have it, and they believe it, and then they become a Christian, that's, that, and that's, that's, that's what it's all about, believing in the works of Jesus Christ. So when he's talking about uh, it, he prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit, other Christians going out there sharing the word with God. The pruning part, that's for the Christians. When you're saved and you, you have bad things in your life that you, you put in there because you wasn't saved all your life, you came to a point of understanding you was lost and you was looking for salvation, and you accepted, you went to Jesus and asked him for salvation. Jesus came in, gave you salvation, and freed you from that. So your ticket of, and a lot of people think they could be lost and saved, lost and saved, lost and saved. There's no, you can't do that. Once you're saved, you're always saved. You're in, you're in like Flint. You're not going anywhere. And the Bible says you can't take anything out of the Father's hands. Once he, he takes that salvation and you, you put it in his hand, it, it's a done deal. There's nothing you know, you can do to take it out. There's no sin you can commit to take it out. But we all live in a wrong way. We all walk down wrong paths, even though we're Christians. And we have, it's kind of like, oh, uh, think about a dog that's been out and uh, gotten to a, a, a porcupine, but uh, got a bunch of quills in the old dog. Well, those quills in the dog are pretty much like sin. When we go into the world and we pick up these sinful habits, we're putting these quills in our spiritual body. And when he's talking about he prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit, he's talking about removing the, that sinful uh, behavior out of your life, that negative thinking out of your life. You know, and, and you can help him by doing this as stop cussing. One of the things the Bible says is, how can you praise God Love God and Jesus with that mouth, and then turn around in the same day and be cussing out the guy driving down the road. Or you're in church Sunday singing uh, love, love, joy, 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 and the, oh, peace, 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 and then you go home and scream and yelling at your kids. The Bible says what defiles men is not what men take in, because that goes out the draft. What defiles men is what comes from your heart. When you say something to somebody in anger or spite or jealousy or in a hateful manner and you say it to somebody, you're, you're committing a sin in, in God right there. And to hate somebody, the Bible says to hate is equivalent to murder. So in God's eyes, when you hate somebody, passionately hate somebody, God's, you're looking to God. When he looks at you, he looks at a murderer. Now think of Charles Manson, Ted Bundy. These murderers, the BTK uh, killer, you know, you're right up, you're, you're, you're in the same ballpark of those guys. You're no better than that. That's where you're at. If you have hate in your heart, and hate is a characteristics of Satan. If you love Satan, hang on to that hate. But if, you've, if you're tired of that life and you're tired of hanging on that hate, it's time to let go. It's time to let go of that. A friend of mine today told me that he has this 
woman that he lives with. She's a very beautiful woman. He loves her deeply. But there's things that she does that irritates the crap out of him. And he just bugs him. He said he gets all bad and angry. And he goes, I don't know what to do about this woman. I don't know what to do. Uh, well, this is the perfect example of these prunings. When my advice to him was, when you get when you are in a situation where you're getting angry and you're getting mad because of what that person is doing, that's when you need to stop and start de-escalating yourself. And that's when you need to say, Lord, help me overcome this anger issue with this person. This person makes me angry. I'm so difficultly angry, angry, upset with this person. I just hate this person. That, God put that person in your reason to see if you can overcome that obstacle of hate. To see if you can learn how to forgive, because whatever uh, whatever they did to you, it's not worth the hate. I can talk like, you know, my mother, me and my mother used to have, uh, we were butting heads all the time. We were butting heads all the time, because in my mind, I put some fictitious argument or some uh, some uh, burden between us, some anger or some hatred between us, and I kept it and I harbored it and I loved on it and I and I held that hate. And that was where I went to every, oh, she, she does this. This makes me so mad, so mad. And then one day, I stopped, stopped, I stopped all that. And I realized that God put this difficult person in my life for me to work with. So how do I work with this person? How do I, how do I come to a point where I'm like, don't no longer hate her? Well, I finally got there. I'm ashamed of myself for doing that, for even hating my mother as long as I did. Like I said, I wasn't a very good son. I was a terrible person. I was a very terrible person. I was a regular person just like the rest of the Americans out there. I was selfish. I cared about myself. I only worried about myself, how I looked, what I drove, you know, all that. I mean, it it, it was number I. It was the I, gener I, 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 I. It was my whole life was filled with I. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And well, at the end of all that, when 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 it all came down to the end of the day, for you young people, when it all come down after uh, twenty years of that, there was nothing. There was nothing at the end of the road for me. So if you want to go down the path of Satan, let me tell you, he pays off in counterfeit. I don't care what it is, if if it's drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling. You know, greed, vanity, whatever it is. Whatever you get hooked up with that's not with God that's hooked up with Satan, he's going to pay you off in counterfeit. You're going to spend years on that. You're going to spend a ton of money on it. You're going to spend a lot of time on it. And then when you die at the end of it, it's going to be nothing. You're going to have nothing because the devil pays off in nothing. And see, that's the difference between God and the devil. When you do things in this earth, when you do things for God and you work for God and you decide to, like Jesus say, when you set your life to this, when you take your life, because you have free will, you can live life any way you want. But for the people who take their life and set it off to decide, so yeah, I could be whatever I want, I could do whatever I want, but I'm going to take my life and set it off to decide, and I'm going to pray to Jesus and ask God, what does he want me to do? And when you dedicate your life to God, he's going to take your life and he's going to, it's going to be a whirlwind. It's going to be a ride. It's going to be stellar. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And at the end of your life, 
when you die and you go to heaven, you will be rewarded for the things that you've done in this world, the things you've done in this life. But the reward that we receive at that time, there's going to be crowns that will be given to us. But the crowns that we're going to be given, we're going to all lay them at the feet of Jesus as a love offering for the fact that he laid his life down for our sins that we commit as Christians every day. When, as a Christian, if you're a Christian person and you sinned a few minutes ago, that sin didn't get put to your account. It got placed on Jesus. When they whipped him, when they ripped his flesh from his skin, when the bone, when the flesh came off his skin, uh, uh, when the deep lacerations were put into his back, that was your sin. When they shoved that crown of thorns on his head, that was your sin. When they hoisted him up, lifted him up high on that tree, and everybody laughed and mocked him, that was the embarrassment, the shame, the humiliation, the things that we should feel when we stand before God, he had to feel. And like I said, God was pure holiness. Jesus was pure holiness. When Jesus was with God and the Holy Spirit at the beginning of everything, before anything ever began, they were together, and he was with God and was God, and they coexisted in that frame. And then when he laid on that cross, when he decided to lay his life on that cross, the reason why he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? is because that was the first time in his existence that he felt God's grace removed from him. That's right. Jesus laid on the cross for you and had grace, which he's had from the beginning, removed from him. God took his grace off of him. He quit looking at his son, and Jesus felt what we all feel every day. So if you don't think he felt what you felt, he screamed out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? These are the things that he's done for us. And I'm asking you just to spend 20 minutes a day with him. Together, me and you, we can make our way to heaven with Jesus as our leader. A church, a group, you grow in Christ in a group. That's the only way to grow in Christ. You can't be a lone Christian out there. You're going to wither up and die, just like he said. Wither up and die. He, every branch that bear not fruit, take away. So, yeah, you got to remember what Jesus has, the sacrifice that Jesus has laid down for us. Well, I've hit, I'm, we're getting ready to hit my 20-minute mark. I'm going to have to stop right there. We didn't get very far into it. But there's a few things I'd like to say. You know, still doing the prayer list, really not getting any response from anybody. It'd be great if somebody could give me a response. Again, the email address is uh, godspathwaytolife at gmail.com. Uh, some kind of something. <laughs> I don't know if I'm talking just to dead air, but something. And again, um, when we get back together, we're going to finish on chapter 15. Okay, so I got a, a special little surprise for you guys uh, here at the end. It's just a quick little audio clip of uh, Pastor Todd W. White of South Heights Baptist Church. And uh, let's go ahead and play that uh, now.
So Todd White, South Heights Baptist All right, Church. Let's begin reading Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter one, verse one. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom, that's Jesus, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations, for his name or his name's sake. Among whom all are ye also call, the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now those 126 words are one sentence in the original language which the King James is translated. Now, I want us to always remember to ask ourselves two questions when we come to a passage of Scripture, even if we've read it before. Number one, who is the human author? Who did God inspire to be the penman of that section of Scripture? And second, to whom was he writing? Remember, the human author is the Apostle Paul, born Saul of Tarsus, approximately the same time that Jesus was born, according to Acts chapter 7. John the Baptist, incidentally, was born about the same time. He grew up in Judea. Jesus and Saul were born about the same time as John the Baptist. They grew up in different towns. Saul grew up in Tarsus and Jesus grew up in Nazareth, but they all grew up right about the same time. To be a member of the Sanhedrin, which Paul, who was Saul, was, you had to be 30 years of age. And uh, so we know he was right about the same age as Jesus. And one day on the way to a city called Damascus, he was trying to help the Jews deal with the Christian problem. And he was on his way to uh, help them because Paul, excuse me, Saul was very interested in getting rid of this uh, this false religion of Christianity and uh, he was going along traveling with some folks and Jesus appeared to him personally and called him by name and Saul got saved. Now folks, there's a great lesson in that that we don't want to miss, that you are not saved unless God calls you, Christ calls you personally. No one just decides to become a Christian. The Holy Spirit has to draw you. But you have to respond by an act of your will. Do you remember the day that the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to you, it was as though he called you verbally by name and you responded by saying yes by an act of your will. To do you remember that? I hope you do. If you don't, in a moment, we're going to... Okay, so that was uh, Pastor Todd W. White at South Heights Baptist Church. And see, that's the, what I was trying, my point that I'm trying to get across with the last three or four podcasts is that God has placed faith in your heart. You're on your very first step to becoming a good Christian. The rest of it is left up to Jesus in you. So you have to work with Jesus. And that's what I was telling my friend earlier today. I said, you have to figure out how to walk with Jesus and how to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that a lot of that is through prayer. Like I said, prayer is a majority of your walk. It's going to be a lot of it. Your Bible reading is your washing and your cleansing of your mind. Is how you cleanse your mind is how you read how you read the Bible. Is how you clean that garbage out of your head. But once you clean that garbage out of your head and you're reading the Bible, then you get a, you get an understanding of what God expects of you as a person if you want to walk in his walk. So it's it's hand in hand. Once you read the Bible, it washes your head. 
gets all that garbage out, but it also teaches you how to walk as a Christian. That's why I say a lot of people say, baby never came with a book. Yeah, it, it comes with the book. It's the Holy Bible. So I know we're really going over time, but I just wanted to share that with you. So next time we get together, we're going to do the uh, rest of chapter 15, and then uh, uh, I figure out probably the Lord will probably direct us somewhere else to go. Um, I'm also asking if you feel like you want to contribute to the podcast or to the church that uh, I attend, if you feel like you you need uh, to donate some money to a church or uh, uh, help help an organization, uh, help get the Word of God out, that'd be great. Right, like I said, uh, the church I belong to is South Heights Baptist Church in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. Uh, you can look for the website at South Heights Baptist Church. Uh, Sepulpa, Oklahoma. Sepulpa is spelled S-A-P-U-L-P-A. And uh, you can find the church website, a web link there in the uh, search. And then we have a Tithely app that uh, we uh, take money from. Or at least that's where I give my, uh, when I go to church on Sundays. And when we was going through the pandemic, I was uh, giving my monthly uh, tithing through that Tithely app. So it's a real great app, and uh, I think it was charging like six cents or something like that, or sixty cents for ten bucks, I think it was. Um, so if you feel like you, uh, you know, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm not begging for money. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying if the Lord puts it on your heart to donate to the church, that we'd greatly appreciate it. We could use every bit. The church doesn't. Church don't make or sell anything. And so the only way the church function is by donations. So I'm sure you people are aware of that. But if you feel like it, and not asking you to, but I'm saying if the Lord puts it on your heart, and uh, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would go to the church's website and then donate some money to the church. And then in the drop-down list box, I guess you could select if it's a, if it's available to select select podcasts for where you where you, where you heard about us, and that way. We kind of know where the money's coming from, if it's coming from the podcast or the Facebook or wherever. And so if, it, if the podcast is not listed on there, go ahead and just use general funds. We'll probably be fine too. Okay, so you guys have a good day. And remember, say something nice to somebody you don't know because we was all strangers and God loved us. So, all right, your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.